what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And my name's Daniel. I'm so serious. It's Daniel. I'm serious. What's your name? What's your name over there? And I'm your resident vampire expert, Taylor. And why do we have a vampire expert on the show today? Well, that's because we might have a goddamn vampire. <laughs> goddamn vampire. <laughs> Shout out to John Dalton Wilcox. <laughs> yeah, Dalton Wilcox. Uh, we just saw... Redfield. Redfield. Now we we did want to go see uh, Bo is Afraid this week. Um, that was the movie that we kind of had planned because we knew it was coming out this weekend. However, the only theater that it's playing at is the bitch ass that that shall that not be named. Shall not be named. Alamo Fucking draft bitch house. ass Alamo's draft house. Bitch <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, and not only is that the only theater in our area playing the movie, it's specifically the location that we <laughs> started our boycott over in the first That's place. Right. So, so we will see it when it gets wide released next weekend. Spoiler alert, we're going to go see Bo's Afraid. It shouldn't be a spoiler alert. I've been, it's one of the only movies I'm excited for yeah. this year. <laughs> if you guys haven't listened to anything we've ever said about our favorite directors or our favorite movies, yeah, um, then go. it's not a surprise that we would go see uh, our Astros next movie. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Taylor famously never has to hear about Ari Aster or Hereditary Ever. or, you know, how we feel about those movies. But no, we, we are going to go see that one next week for you guys. Um, you know, we don't care if we have to go see it at a United Artist. We're still cool with Regal. We're still cool with them. Regal rules, bro. But fuck Alamo, all right? Fucking Alamo. Forever and ever. So before we jump right into this movie, there is something that I think that we have to talk about because there's been a bunch of discussion off pod that I feel like this is something that we have been talking about more than we've been talking about this movie that we're going to go see and that we went to go see. And it's actually about the movies that we haven't gone to go see or the movies that we you know, are, are avoiding. And it's something that we've kind of brought up on the pod before, but it's just like we're pissed now. I feel like at this point we have to talk about this. We're because angry. Me and Daniel have been talking about this like every day. That's right. This fucking Air Jordan movie. So the reason why... I want to talk about this movie and listen, I don't even know if this movie came out this week or if it was last week or who gives a shit who gives a fuck, but it's just like this, that we are in this era of biopic. This is your space. This is your era. This is your space. This is your era. <laughs> and this era of biopic is just fucking awful. It's so bad. I'm, I'm like, yeah, like I, I know I'm joking and, and making, you know, fun, but I'm serious when I say, like, it pisses me off. Like, I get mad. Like, I think that we just need to go, like, I don't know, five years without making another biopic. Like, can we just do that? Can we go five years? Can we wait until someone's dead before we make a biopic about them? <laughs> like, at least, at least. Like, it, and I feel like, you know, this, I, I, I'm not saying this is when the trend started, but I feel like right, right. the early years of Chadwick Boseman were kind of the catalyst for the you know archetype of the movie that I'm talking about because he did the James Brown movie and he also did the you know the 42 the Jackie Robinson movie and it's like okay well you take both of those movies and it's like okay well there's a lot of things about those people's lives that a lot of people who are alive today might not know about um, and you know 
it was a I think decent you know people to pick to make movies about sure you know and, and again it goes back to like what I said like at least those people were fucking dead and and, and yeah I know that that didn't like that wasn't the first biopic ever made but it kind of started this era right where you know I think one of the most popular ones that came out was the Bohemian Rhapsody one, right? And the Bohemian Rhapsody one... that That's the one that feels like it launched this era of biopics to me. In a way, it did, right? Because, because of the Oscar attention. I, I think that... Yeah. Am I wrong? It's like they got Oscar attention. They're like, oh, shit, we got to make more biopics. Yeah. This shit is... The, the again, Academy loves it. And, and like, like, listen. You know the Academy, Charlie. I know I the mean, Academy as well as It's atrocious. I mean, yeah. They, they literally are just... Like, oh, your movie's about somebody? Oscars. 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 Oh, you, it's a biopic about so. Oh, okay, you for sure. That's how... They, and and if you want to be a star, if you want to be the next Chadwick Boseman, the next Rami Malek, and winning all these awards and being considered one of the best actors in Hollywood right now, you got to play a person who used to be a person. And it's like... And again, it's, it, even that one, it's like, okay, fine, you know, uh, sure, you know, he's dead. But it's like... What that kind of started was this next trend that came in of these waves of of artist movies because it's like okay everyone went to go see this Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Um, if for those of you who haven't seen it, it's really not that good, and what, like it has a lot of these like tropes that a bunch of these biopics have been doing. Like for instance, they write Bohemian Rhapsody in one fucking take. Like, oh, whatever. And then, and you know, uh, Freddie Mercury had the song in his head for years before he did it. He could play it upside down, backwards with his arms crossed. On the th- like, he just knew it was always a part of his soul that he was going to sing Bohemian Rhapsody one day. And it's just like, really? Like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, this, like, fantasization. And then, you know, in that same kind of, like, like not the same time frame, but, like, in that same kind of vein, you have the... Um, the Straight Outta Compton movie, right? And so Straight Outta Compton did the same thing where it was like, oh, everyone freestyled their entire song in the first try and then they were just fucking killed it, you know, whatever. And like that was a movie that, you know, we would make fun of because in that movie, like, man, Easy E was a real piece of shit. You know, he was a real asshole who really, you know, fucked over a good thing that people had. And, you know, it wasn't until like later in his life when, you know, when he was, you know, really sick that he was able to admit that. But, yeah, if it weren't for him, man, that, that place, they would have done great things. And then, you know, get to the end of the movie, executive producer Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. <laughs> well, <laughs> no wonder he's the bad guy. So it's like, it's not just this, like, you know, these biopics of just these stories that everyone's heard before. It's this, like, oh, this fantasization of, like, the perfect, like, these people were perfect, right? And then you have the Elton John movie that came out, and then you have the Aretha Franklin movie that came out, and you have the Amy Winehouse movie came, that came out, and the, uh, you know, the Whitney Houston movie that came out, and you have, like, all, it's like, who the fuck even saw half of those? And the Elvis movie that the came Elvis out. Movie. And, and the Elvis movie! When I, I, I agree with your point, but that's not my issue with the biopics. It is the fact that... That's all that they're making right now, and it's the least interesting thing in the fucking world to me. I even back when I when Ray came out, and it was like, oh my god, he did so good, and this and that, like I and I saw the movie, and I was like, okay, like I was just like, it's I just can't. Oh, this person existed. Uh, you know, we used to make the joke. We used to make the joke all the time when King Richard was coming out. Yes. Oh, and yes. That, that fucking trailer, and at the end of the trailer, we would say. Every fucking time. I really hope they get good at tennis. I hope they make I it. I hope they make it. I hope the, those Williams sisters make it. I wonder how that movie ends. Yeah. Bro, I, I, I we, know, we know these stories. We know these stories. And like the thing that's suffocating about it, it's not just movies. It's happening with TV shows. Like 
they had just come out with this fucking Chippendales thing with Kumail Nanjiani for Hulu. They're about to release a new thing with the with uh, Glenn Howerton playing the CEO of Black Blackberry or whatever. They uh, made the biopic of the guy making Rent for Netflix. There's they, also like the fuck. Like, they have like five Steve Jobs movies that yeah, have come out. Steve like, Jobs, but like it's just it's all Hollywood wants to fucking make, and it's driving me insane. And this fight, yeah, this fucking Michael Jordan Air Jordan movie is what is kind of the tipping point where I'm just like, I'm yeah. getting so it fucking is, frustrated. It a, like it is a accumulation of all of your complaints and all of my complaints. It is. We designed the perfect shoe on the first try and we picked the perfect athlete right off the bat without interviewing anyone else. You know, it's like, it's like that thing. Yeah. And then it's also, Oh, I really hope that these shoes become successful. I hope that Michael <laughs> Jordan kid becomes good at basketball. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. it's, and then, and then at the same time, it also accumulates. It's like, aren't all of those people still alive? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone involved in this fucking thing is still around. Like, why can't they just make a documentary if they really want to fucking tell this story and let the people who actually made these shoes fucking tell their story or whatever? Like, I just don't get it, you know? It's like, like imagine yeah. if instead of, like, like because I actually, I really enjoyed the Last Dance documentary series. Like, I thought that was really entertaining. And a lot of people, you know, really were into that, even people who weren't big sports fans. Imagine if they did that as a biopic about Michael Jordan instead. It would have been so fucking boring. Yeah, I hate I hate it. I just I don't like the I, I, I hate seeing right through the veil, too, of like, oh, Oscar, this will get this person an Oscar. Like, oh, yeah. I, I fucking don't care, man. And they, and again, like th this has been happening for a while. Like I said, Ray, uh, walk the line, like this shit where they do. It's just very Oscar bait. And then that's what's cool about something like Dewey Cox that comes out and yeah, makes yeah, fun of hard. biopics. It makes fun of it. Like, it's yeah. just like that. And I don't know. I'm just fucking sick of it. I, now yeah. there's a, a Vander Holyfield movie coming out or some no, shit. George Foreman. George Foreman. George Foreman. Oh, there's a George by the way, Foreman. yeah, there's a George Foreman movie coming out. Guess what we haven't even mentioned, too, that's been out in theaters for a couple of weeks now is the fucking Bob Ross movie that they did. Bro, I can't like, even keep you know up. You can't keep Mr. up. Oh, my, Mr. Rogers movie they made? Fucking. Dude, I literally can't even keep track uh, of all the fucking biopics. I've got. Stop. This stop. Is, this yeah, is please. Stop making biopics. They're stop. not good. And, and for the love of God, the Academy, stop awarding everyone who makes a fucking biopic with Oscar nominations. I swear to you, it's, it's what's causing this. Now, uh, like, real quick, this is how we're going to end the segment. Like, the, let me show you how fucking easy it is to do this. All right, Taylor, give me the name of any <laughs> famous person and who, who's accomplished something. Miley Cyrus. All right, Miley Cyrus. All right. I'm putting the wig on. I turn <laughs> to the actor playing Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you, and I, I hope that your career goes the way you want it. Uh, but I gotta ask you, you know, you can't, you can't just have your legal name. I, what, what, what do you want your stage name to be? Hmm. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> huh. You sure about that? I don't think I like the sound of that. I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. That's the end of every fucking trailer. Miley, please don't go by Hannah Montana. You're going to break my <laughs> achy, breaky heart if Miley. you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Now, with all that being said, we did watch the uh, biopic of Renfield, who is... <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about Renfield now. Thank you let's guys for, for indulging our, uh, you know, our rants here. Um, this is a movie that, you know, on its surface, I guess you could actually say is a uh, similar in the, um, you know, the realm of, uh, 
repetitiveness because it's another fucking movie about Dracula. Man, how, how come no one's making enough movies about this Dracula guy? This Dracula guy. What the fuck is this guy's problem? We need more. Actually, we, we need, need more, more, Dracula. more they, Dracula. They've only been making stories about Dracula since the beginning of fucking time. We need more Dracula. <laughs> need more Dracula. Actually, piggybacking off that, while we were in the theater, we saw another preview for another Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're doing a remake of, of Nosferatu, but they're not Which calling I've never it seen. Nosferatu or whatever. But yeah, um, here's what someone needs to do. They need to do a remake of Salem's Lot and make it not fucking three hours long. So I'll actually be able to watch it. All right. So <laughs> yeah, the Renfield movie, while it is yet another fucking Dracula movie, it's like, you know, we saw a Dracula movie less than a year ago and there's going to be another one less than a year from now. Um, but forever. At the same time, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I and, and what's crazy is that going into this movie, we kind of already knew that there were a bunch of bad reviews for this movie. And I didn't really read anything that anyone else was saying about it. I just That's kind of what I heard. And I was like, you know, I, I, the thing I was most excited for was going into the movie knowing it was an appropriately linked movie. <laughs> it was an hour 33. True. Um, and, you know. I was like, okay, yeah, w- w- good or bad, at least, you know, it's it won't be a waste of my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, this movie was not very popular. Like, the, the Super Mario movie is still taking up those big theaters. Um, even with the small theater that we were in, there weren't a ton of people in there. Um, but I think That's that right. I had a really good time watching this movie. And, and while I do want to acknowledge that a lot of what was done in the movie was absolutely god-awful, um, it did feel a little bit like they were kind of aware of how bad th- it was. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that like, like the, the movie that I think both of you guys have brought up, like during, you know, w- you know, us talking about it was uh, cocaine bear. Like this movie kind of like has a similar feel to cocaine bear. It's a very lighthearted movie that's like really fine. You know, it's for adults, but it's lighthearted. It's like try to be comedic, whatever. And I th- here's what I want to say, like about this movie, this movie is what like cocaine bear could have been if it was written by comedy writers instead of directed by a comedy actor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. I do wish cuz that was that was my big complaint with Cocaine Bear was that they I wanted them to lean into it a lot more and Renfield leaned in. It it was fun and it was, you know, entertaining at times. But at the same time, I, there were moments that were just straight up annoying. Yeah. Um, and I think that with the action sequences, like, you know, they they definitely tried to do a lot of interesting things. But I think they did too much, too much. Like, they did too much too often. Um, and it just kind of became like, you know, when it came to the action sequences, which were, you know, supposed to be. And I think, you know, to a certain degree are the best part of the movie. At certain times, it just feels like. Like, it's just annoying is the only word I could come up with is like there's just cut after cut after cut after cut and these weird camera movements and a ton of like there's a bunch of CGI being used in the in the action sequences. And so they use a bunch of motion blur, like way more than they should. And it just like kind of was like hard to watch. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, it's like, yeah, like w- when you're doing a vampire movie, you kind of expect there to be some kind of fighting. You expect there to be, you know something creatively done with the way that vampires or vampire powered people or whatever are fighting. Um, but yeah. And then in terms of like the performances, like, you know, I, I loved Nick Cage in this movie, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's like the, the 
like the so much of the movie in visually was uh, accomplished by CGI, but Nicolas Cage was mostly not done by CGI. He had a lot of practical effects. And because of that, his practical effects don't look that great. And there were times where it kind of took me out of the movie where I wasn't seeing the character. I was seeing Nicolas Cage with a bunch of shit on him. You know what I'm saying? I disagree. Welcome to Taylor being on the pod after everything I say. I disagree. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I disagree with you disagreeing, actually. So I disagree entirely. This is just our relationship. You're getting a a peek into our relationship. Anyway, um, I didn't think that the violence and the fighting and or anything i didn't think it was egregious as a as a normal movie goer that has not gone to film school the cuts were fine uh and the amount of action fantastic i loved it with regards to nick nicholas cage i think the first nicholas time cage, we send our regards <laughs> the first time we see him like in the the solid timeline of the movie yeah he looks it looks a bit funky but it's not like it doesn't it didn't take me out of the movie it was just like Oh, that could be better, you know, Daniel. Um, I uh, I had a lot of fun with the movie. It was pretty goddamn mid, but it was uh, it was quick. It didn't overstay its welcome. Um, it moved very fast. It was just the color palette was so bright. Um, the action sequences did have a, too many cuts. It gave me a headache all the time. Every action scene gave me a headache. Um, Loved how fucking gory and violent it was. It was awesome how just, you know, and I liked how silly the blood and shit looked. Like, it was very, very bright red. Yeah. Um, I, it was, it was like silly. video game-esque. Yeah, I was about like to say, jello. it reminded me of Gears of War when you, like, shotgun someone and they just... Oh, you. not even. Dude. I was, it made me think of Saints Row. Like, it was that, yeah. like, CGI. Cartoony, yeah. Yeah. So, very cartoony, but it worked, in my opinion. It was a lot of fun. Um, I actually... Really liked the uh, makeup for Nick Cage. Um, I think I can understand what you're saying in terms of you can see the layers and you can see um, just how fake and prosthetic it is. But I think that that's what made me appreciate it so much as an art piece. I was like, dude, whoever put this together is very creative and this looks so fucking cool. Um, so that was one of my favorite things is that they showed Dracula at so many different stages of rehabilitation. I just thought it was a funny visual gag and it just looked fucking cool to me. I loved the makeup for his. It was, it was very like old school. It was very like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, it, it, you know, the, the way the CG, uh, the prosthetics were done were very like. I don't even know. Like, I don't know. Old school is the best word I can come up with. Like, I guess like it's, I used to work at a haunted house. Um, and that's kind of what yeah. I was thinking of when I saw that. I was like, this looks like something that someone would do for like a really intense, you know, person for a, a haunted house. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, like the violence and the gore in this movie is what every vampire movie should do. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's do, let's uh, do Twilight. But with blood and guts. Have you seen Breaking Dawn? Yeah, every every limb that gets torn off is like a clean sever. It's like it's like well, as yeah, as bad as. But Breaking Dawn, she has a baby. He has to like cut her open. Then he there's blood everywhere in that movie. And then they burn the vampires and the other ones. Burn is a cop out. Burn is a cop also, out. They turn also, into dust when you t- take their heads off. The so they literally avoid 
go you're, all together. You're missing something about the science and the vampires in Twilight, okay? Vampires in Twilight are literally frozen in time. That's the difference, is those vampires are frozen in time, so their blood's essentially glass. Go. It just well, breaks, Well, then how come Edward Cullen ever fucking decapitates somebody and drinks their fucking blood everywhere? Hey, that's what I want to see. I want to see what Robert Pattinson fucking kills. Like, he's a, he's a killer. They're, that's why he's, I'm a killer, brother. I'm a killer, brother. That's what I'm saying. You haven't, I'm a killer, brother. You haven't seen... Have you seen Eclipse? Taylor, There's I've like seen them whole, all. You have oh. made me watch every fucking movie There's more than once. There's a stack of all the humans. Like, they're all in a stack and they're all bloodied. They've all been, like, mutilated by vampires, specifically Bella. And then in Eclipse, the Volturi, which is the vampire gods in those movies, they're like the vampires that are in charge. They tear people apart in their chambers, and you do see that. So I don't want to hear it. They are gory, but the vampires themselves are made of glass. So they just shatter. They don't they don't bleed in those. So what did you think about the the way that these vampires or this vampire and his powers are portrayed? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Dracula is not. I, I think there are different versions of Dracula. And this one was definitely leaned more towards a satire version of Dracula. But um but darkly, you know. right? I mean, I yeah, I really yeah, yeah. loved how power hungry and yes, relentless he was. Um, yeah, I feel like the yeah. last one we saw, what was the name of that movie? The invitation. The, the invitation. That was like it felt like kind of like a younger Dracula. I know the actor was physically younger, but yeah, that was sexy. It felt Dracula. like a sexy Dracula where he's not so power hungry. But this is old Dracula. He's been here for a long time, and now he's just like I'm. I'm taking everything. I don't, have to know I don't what care what kind anymore. of Dracula I am to know I'm a sexy Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a sexy. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite, which I again I just really liked. I liked but, it, yeah. but yeah, just the the mental part of it of him uh, getting this ego so strong and going, yeah. I'm a fucking god, and I you know because he's not yeah, wrong. And, and also, <laughs> just, I think that's what's so cool about making it. it like such a modern setting for the movie. I thought was really cool yeah. too. You know, yeah, they and, did set it in the most overrated city that I've ever been to in my life, <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, yeah. Shout out to, you know, if you disagree with me, you stink. You, that place stinks. <laughs> it's actually stinky. I've I, never the first, been. Like, there's a part where they go to, there's a meet me at Cafe Du Monde. I was like, I've been there. It fucking sucks. Damn. You're I savvy, waited for bro. 40 minutes in line for fucking bullshit. That place sucks. Savage. Guess what else sucked? Everywhere else I went except Cats Meow. Cats Meow fucking rocks. Best karaoke I've ever been to. But you know what? Everything else can suck my fucking dick. Look, I've only driven through Louisiana, and it fucking sucks. I'm just saying. Swamp. Um, um, I went to Louisiana, and I got a massive seafood boil, and absolutely none of it was as good as what I got in Dallas. Straight See? up. Straight up. I'm not trying to have beef. You know, I'm not trying to make beef <laughs> with uh, New Orleans, but I, I also kind of am. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm a musician. Jazz music gets very repetitive. Um, uh, I don't I, even like I'm jazz. A, I'm a foodie. Uh, I went to Acme Oyster House. The place was dog shit. Actually dog shit. Another place I waited like an hour in line because, oh my God, Acme Oyster, it's such a big deal. And I was like, this place fucking sucks and the service was fucking horrible. Yeah, so it just makes sense that's the kind of place you could easily hide a, a vampire I'm, I'm, all right, this is a new segment. <laughs> Daniel pick, Daniel fixates on one part of the movie that doesn't matter and makes it a big deal. All right, new let's segment. Go. Uh, Dave, what's the theme song <laughs> for the segment? And honestly, it's always <laughs> setting related. That's true. It's yeah. the Acme. Yeah, theme this song. was the cafeteria in uh, yeah, what was Shazam. Shazam. Anyways, 
so yeah, I don't know. I was just, I, I was like, this is interesting that uh, we're in this. I don't know. Yeah. I, have a, I have a lot of disdain for that place. But uh, I did want to say, yes, Nicolas Cage was fantastic in this movie. In my opinion, I fucking loved his performance. There was especially that scene in the apartment, which we'll yes. talk about. Oh my God. Yes. One of oh. the best Through the roof with his acting. I, like, He's one of those actors that we talked about on when we guested on uh, Watch Skip Plus. When I said the best, you know, type of acting, especially for the actor themselves, and the feeling you get from it is when you completely buy in. You completely buy in. No one buys in like like Nicholas Cage. He buys in. I don't know. I just I loved him in this movie. Loved his care. His character was my favorite character in the movie. And what I like, what I really like about it too, is that they gave him. Tons of screen time. Yeah, yes, so, that's what I was the other worried thing is about. Like, yeah. yeah, I was worried about that too. And and one of the things I just, I just want to say about his performance is like, we talked about um, that Adam Driver movie, the the sixty five, right? And during that movie, we said like, unfortunately, we didn't, right? <laughs> and during that movie, we said if you take any forty five, you know, thirty five to forty five year old actor and put them in that movie, it's the same movie. Yeah. Whereas that's part of the reason why I love Nicolas Cage's performance in this is that it's like I don't think I'd want anyone else. To play him in this movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm trying to like think about someone else around his like, air, you know, that that do similar Nicolas Cage things. Like, if you have this movie with Johnny Depp as him, it, this movie would have sucked. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah, had true. to be the guy. But yeah, um, and and also we talk in the way that he makes his character funny is also the way that we talk about it all the time. Where if you play it straight, it's funny because you're playing it straight. And that's kind of, that's what his character does. Um, but yeah, and in terms of the other performances in this movie, I mean, I, you know, I loved Ben Schwartz. I always love Ben Schwartz. <laughs> everything, like almost everything he does is, is good to me. I, I think he's so funny. And, um, you know, he was great in this movie. Oh, that's is that about- uh, Sonic? Yeah, yeah, Sonic. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> I knew that voice sounded familiar. Right, well, Sonic the Hedgehog does the voice for Ben Schwartz. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I knew that seemed weird. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought he was great in this movie. Honestly, that's probably about it in terms of the performances I actually really liked. Um, but yeah, and... Uh, you I didn't thought like that, Nicholas Holt? I'm about to say, I thought was, the main character he was, was fine. Right. He was fine. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. I just thought I, he... Yeah, I, I thought he... He he. This is another movie that we've seen him in where he just plays pathetic so well. He's just so pathetic. <laughs> well, he started in Warm Bodies. See this guy. Yeah, you're right. He does play he pathetic really well. Pale's his thing, man. <laughs> well, he's very. He's naturally. He's very pale. Yeah. Next, I need him to be. Uh, I need him to be Mike the Situation in the Jersey Shore <laughs> biopic that will be made. Right. I need him just completely opposite, total fucking spray tan. Well, let's see, let's, let's see how your tan see. acting is because your pale acting, we got it, you got it. But look, <laughs> right, what, what's your tan? I, I like everything he does. I think I think he's a decent actor. I, I don't think he's amazing, but I think he's he's decent. He's, he's very good. similar to Freddie Highmore to me. They, very very similar. Who? They look very so similar. fucking similar to me. Who's um, Freddie the, Highmore? Just another uh, pathetic good doctor. <laughs> another the pathetic good doctor. Brit. Yeah, leave him out of this. <laughs> How dare you? Um, but so yeah, he, like, he's an amazing what, actor. But obviously, like Freddie Highmore can't play this character. Like Freddie Highmore, 
his vibe is like I could knock him out in one punch <laughs> on any given day. Right. That's so and true. so he couldn't play this character. <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying in terms of like, yeah, like their their demeanor is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And they just look alike. I don't know. They're just too They do they do look alike. Crummy little Freddie Highmore, if you're listening, let's square up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Fight me. Leave Freddie Highmore alone. He's not actually autistic, you know that, right? I know, but leave him alone. He did amazing. Actually, I don't know. Very I probably shouldn't say that. David Scott. <laughs> No, the part of we we look him up and he's six three, like two two ten. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, I regret yeah. it all. Um, no, but I do. Uh, one of the things that bothered me the most with the movie is that there, I don't remember any point of the movie where music wasn't playing. It was like one of those Hallmark movies where there was music playing throughout the entire fucking movie and it is like the worst like the the worst genre of music not the worst music but the worst genre like it is that uh disney scary movie music <laughs> yeah like it to a t bro it felt yeah. like a disney one of those um one of those disney original movies that when we were kids that would be on the disney channel like halloween town and all that type of shit it was just that type of music throughout the whole movie oh yeah i, I could not stand it well i'll tell you what there there's a thing that happens throughout the whole movie that is my, you know, a spoiler for my least favorite part of this movie, and I have to talk about it throughout the whole episode. So, um, with that said, I'm ready to go into spoiler free talk unless anyone else has anything else to say. I want to warn you <laughs> that there are spoilers ahead. There we go. <sighs> this tastes fantastic. What is in this? Is that got? Oh, it's garlic! <laughs> It's very good though. God, I hate that. This is one of my weaknesses. One more bite. Spoiler alert uh, Dracula's dead the whole time. All right. So. <laughs> Dracula's dead the whole time. The whole time? That makes a lot of sense. No, now. Yeah, because he's, yeah. You know. um, Why are you dead the whole Fuck, I have, I have a lot of emails to him. I need to call my boss. <laughs> Renfield is about R.M. Renfield deciding to leave his centuries-long line of work as a henchman and familiar to Count Dracula, and he finds a new lease on life in a modern-day New Orleans when he falls in love with a feisty but perennially aggressive traffic cop named Rebecca Quincy. Now, Taylor's making a face right now, and I know why she's making this face. She's like, wait, they were supposed to be in love? I did not you get can, that at I, all. Here, here's my theory on this. Um, and we're going to talk about this, but my theory on this is that their love story was a much bigger part of this movie that was significantly cut out because they realized it was just fucking terrible. And every part of this movie that they kept in of that, I thought was horrible. <laughs> I yeah. hated it. I didn't yeah, think this it, is definitely one of one of the worst uh, chemistries. Oh, yeah. That I've seen. On one screen. of the worst chemistry. Chemistry is one of the most unnatural, like. Yeah. Plot, uh, plot armor to the relationship. Like, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, they're yeah. like. There's just nothing about that aspect of this movie that worked. Honestly, the whole, is it just me or was it the whole character of, of Rebecca Quincy? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. She felt very, it didn't seem just seeing Aquafina with the cop. Uh, I was about to say costume. See what I'm saying? Costume on. It looked like a costume. Yeah. Just seeing it. I was like. There's, you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and we're—that's definitely something that we have to talk about with her character because she, like, you know, I'm sorry if Taylor's gonna say I disagree. She's the worst character in this I'm movie. I'm not gonna she, disagree. She's I horrible, agree. and her acting was was not good. Her character was absolutely awful, and and she was just like, 
I like, I don't know. I just didn't think she was funny at all. Part of what sucks about it is that I knew that was going to happen from the trailer. Like every line she had in the trailer was not funny. And I was just like, this right, is horrible. Right. Um, but this movie starts out, Daniel, because you, you made the point. How does this movie start out? Um, well, if you if you don't remember, it actually starts out with a classic. Uh, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Oh, my God, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It and does. so I forgot to mention that in spoiler free talk. Get rid of every fucking ounce of narration in this movie. Okay, that so that is what I was going to say before I was like, you know what? Let's talk about this in spoiler talk, because not only is it a spoiler for the movie, it's a spoiler for my least favorite part of this movie. This movie throughout the entire thing has just more and more voiceover, voiceover, voiceover all the time between multiple different characters, multiple different characters get their own voiceover. And it's like the, the what's what's crazy about this. So like this movie was written by one of the writers for for uh, for Rick and Morty. And one of the creators of Rick and Morty is Dan Harmon, who's one of my and Daniel's favorite comedy writers. And Dan Harmon has this one of his writing rules, one of his like, you know, things that he, you know, you know, said on his podcast about writing is he says, don't do voiceover. He said, if you do voiceover and your character's like, that's Jim. No one likes him. He has a terrible personality. And it's like, it, don't do that. Just give him a Coldplay shirt and then we'll know, you know, he's bland. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like you don't have to explain who people are or what they do or how they got to where they were via voiceover. And it's just bad. It's a cop out. And this, like when you talk about it, like voiceover being a cop out to proper dialogue or good exposition, there is no worse example or best example. I don't know than than this movie where they literally use voiceover as a cop out multiple times in order for you to know what's going on with the character at any given moment. And so, yeah, it was it was horrible. Yeah. And so this movie starts out with one of these. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And then it does voiceover <sighs> and narration to, sh- to tell you everything about Renfield and how he got to where he is. That's right. Like to a T. It literally, they, um, oh, th- 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 that's a lot going on. Um, let's start from the beginning. Oh my! Oh my right. God, bro! Just fucking just start a goddamn just, movie. Just put a fucking title card on the screen that says this is a movie. <laughs> like oh, fucking Jesus Christ. I bet you know what I'm going to say. Kayla disagrees. uh, No, I agree. Oh, thank God. I agree. I hated the narration in this. Uh, They didn't need it. Now, they didn't need the narration because they could have done the Renfield exposition, like who he is, you know, because that character isn't like super well fleshed out in Dracula lore. But um, I did some research, just saying. Um, But... Yeah, I, they could have done that without the voiceover. It was so unnecessary. And it, every time it happened, it was just annoying. Well, yeah, it's like it, this movie kind of expects that uh, whoever goes to see it has not seen any of what we do in the shadows because I know what a familiar is. <laughs> it's like if I hadn't seen that show, I'd be a little bit confused. But because I have like that's like really what like that movie was what I was thinking about the most during this movie. I was like, oh, it's it's like that. You know, it's yeah. this familiar. Like I know what a familiar is and I know what, you know, the expectations or whatever are because, you know, it's like that show. OK, so we all hate the narration. Yes, I don't do. like the narration. And I, and I think that it's important to say too, like, I don't disagree with all narration. I don't. Right. Yeah. I, I actually like. Uh, Shawshank I, Redemption. I love when never seen it. Uh, don't judge me. I ha- <laughs> it came out the year I was born, dude. You want me to see that? You haven't seen The Lion King? I wouldn't have understood it. Piece of shit. <laughs> you haven't seen The Lion King? Fucking liar. Oh yeah, the the John Favreau one. Shut so the, good. Shut uh, the no, uh, fuck. <laughs> 
I, I love when like voiceover and narration is used for comedic purposes, like personally. Yeah. I uh, Fleabag is a show that I absolutely love. It's not necessarily narration because it's a little bit more like a soliloquy, uh, the way that they do it. Um, I know that Scott Pilgrim had plenty of narration jokes. Like, just it works sometimes. It really does. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Fantastic narration jokes. And even even when you uh, it, like for not comedy purposes, it's the only one that I really give a pass to is Dexter, um, just because that show is you know he's as, he is completely different inside of his head than he is portrayed outwardly. So you can't portray who he actually is outwardly because that's the whole. And that's of his sort character. of like, and that's kind of in line too with like just noir. Right, like yeah, with way, these, yeah. yeah, this like because I I really love and that Nicholas Cage um, plays Noir Spider Man in Spider Verse, so yeah, trippy. But yeah, that's what is something I really liked about the game uh, Mad Max was that narration and like and it was because of that genre that noir and you get the it's a great thing to to use to really display writing skills and providing extra to what you're seeing, whereas this they're like. Uh, well, I'm a familiar and, and I take care of Dracula. And then in the movie, you watch him be a familiar and take care of Dracula. You had, there's no fucking reason for you to tell us this, especially like you're saying like, oh, if I didn't see uh, what we do in the shadows, I would, uh, you know, maybe a familiar, I wouldn't really know. Well, later in the movie, he has an entire scene where he has to explain everything about his job to the cop. Yeah. So you could have done all of this there and he could have said, oh, a familiar. Yeah, it's a this. Right. Yeah. You don't even need that scene either. Like that scene. Yeah, I was like, just why? So, there's like, so much that there, yeah. during that, like, like, again, like I know we're kind of talking out of order, but it's just like it's all part of this. It's like the exposition in this movie is, is terrible. And, and now that we're like we're talking about the beginning of the movie, this exposition is horrible. I mean, the, the, yeah. the how you get information for every character in this movie is absolutely god awful. And, you know, like even like the eating like he's like. I eat bugs and the bugs give me power because the blood that he drinks gives him power. And then me taking their life works gives me power. I'm like, if I watch you eat a bug and your eyes turn yellow and then you beat the shit out of people, you don't have to fucking tell me what's happening. I know that when you eat bugs, you get strong. And it, to me, it's so much cooler to not explain any like, yeah, I, I, movie, I know yeah. that y'all, I know that you avoid avoided this series, but there's a brand new cherry flavor on Netflix. I tried. Is is one of my favorite Netflix originals, and there's a lot, a lot of shit that happens in that show that does not get explained, and it makes it so much cooler to me. There's a character that will throw up cats. She'll just throw up cats, and they never explain. They don't explain it, and I'm just like, that's so cool to me. It's mystifying. It's weird, and it's funny to me that by episode six, I'm like, okay, yeah, like yeah, she's throwing up cats, and that same thing with this movie. Like you just said, if you show him eat a bug. And his eyes turn yellow. About 30, 40 minutes into the movie, he's going to do it, and I'm not going to question shit. Right. I'm going to be used to it. I'm going to go, yeah, got it. That's how you, like, what, it doesn't matter. Like, right. it's just like, I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and the whole, like, thing about, like, I understand that it's important for us to know that Dracula, so this is the beginning of the movie, just so you guys know, um, is that, uh, you know, Dracula gets uh, horribly burned in a fight against, uh, you know, a group of, um, religious hunters who are hunting him down. And so he hasn't been at full strength. He's been needing to feed off of people um, for quite some time in order to regain his strength over time. And so that's where we're starting in the movie is that, you know, he's having to go bring him people. But what he's doing is that he's, you know, he's going to um, 
he, you know, it, he's going to these meetings and this is like a big part of the trailer. So a lot of people know about this. He's going to these meetings where everyone there is a codependent. They, you know, have a co- codependent relationship with, you know, a significant other or, you know, somebody in their life who, you know, they have a negative relationship with. And so they're trying to it's a support group where they're trying to express how they feel about these things and, you know, get help from each other. And of course, you know, like, again, the trailer shows it a bunch. So it's like you would think the whole movie takes place in this fucking thing true, based true. on the trailer. Um, but yeah, so like in the beginning of the movie, he, the way that he's getting Dracula, you know, victims is he's go, you know, he, he waits for somebody to be like, yeah, my boyfriend's abusive and he treats me like shit and blah, 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 blah. And then he goes and hunts that boyfriend down and then feeds him to Dracula. But then Dracula says that he's not getting any stronger. He's not getting better as quickly because he needs innocent, you know, lives. And and so that's kind of like, that's the, the, the theme of this movie, right? You have these two characters who have been in a relationship, you know, not a romantic relationship, but a partnership or relationship, you know, well, they're fucking, but it's not romantic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite disgusting. Yeah, you don't even want to know. Um, but yeah, so he's, you know, they're in this relationship for a long time and it's a negative to toxic relationship, right? Obviously, because it's fucking a familiar and literally Dracula, the worst vampire of them all. And, you know, in their relationship. And so I like this modern, like, comedic spin that they have on these characters. Um, and then, you know, throughout the movie, you have these two characters with this relationship. And on top of that, you have, um, you know, Renfield needing to, to go and, and, and have, you know, take innocent lives, but he's at a point in his life where he wants to stop doing that. Like his goal is to no longer be this familiar, no longer, you know, been to the will, which is why he's kind of getting the support from these people and, and, and this whole thing. So, so part of the issue with this movie is that not all of the humor actually lands. Um, and it's kind of frustrating because at times when it like, here's the thing, when it does land, it's like, huh, yeah, that was pretty good. And when it doesn't land, it's like cringe, cringe, bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like like one of the first jokes like about, you know, these these people and their uh, their significant others that, you know, are, are bad people is one of the, the worst like parts of the entire movie. Yes, it gets it, the reason it's so bad is because they revisit the joke. Uh, and so it's just like insane. Like I'm like, stop going back to this. It didn't work the first time. And now you're trying to milk something that never worked. It's pretty simple. It's a fuck uh, a goddamn uh, this chick's ex-boyfriend used to listen to ska music. And if you listen, ever listen to ska, it's one of the worst types of music. It's just not very good. Um there's a whole Portlandia episode about it where they try to do Bert Skomson <laughs> and doing copyright. But anyway, it's just, it's just like, it, it's such a played out joke, first and foremost. Second of all, it's not only is it played out and like, oh, everyone's already done this before, but it's also old. So it's just super outdated. And three, I wouldn't even get the joke if it weren't for that Portlandia bit. Really? Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't even know what yeah, Scott is. I didn't get the joke. Taylor, yeah, Taylor doesn't even get it. That's how get that's it. how dated uh, the joke. Uh, 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 uh. It's just the worst type of music. But no, yeah, but no, I get what I'm saying. It. That's how, that's how just, dated it, it is. I yeah. didn't connect it. It's stupid, and it wasn't funny, and then they revisit it later when uh, the cop is like, I think those are ska lyrics. Hold for applause. <laughs> like, dude, hold for laughter. Hold for an eruption in the theater. And then, the other, and then the other cop is like, oh, ska's not dead? God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Ultra laughter, but yeah, another I, one of the worst characters in the movie as well. But. I know, and it sucks because I loved him, and uh, I, uh, it's kind of a funny story. He's yeah. so good in that, but yeah, I mean, th- this, this, you know, th- that's one again. That's kind of what we're talking about. It's like 
these kind of dated jokes that they just kind of push too much that are just like they're not funny and they're not delivered very well either. And it's like, you know, it, it seems like a first draft kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. And and yeah, it's, it's like, a placeholder that never got anything put in his place. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, what, what it, like the jokes that don't land are very, very bad. The jokes that do land are all right. Um, there's nothing that's like laugh out loud funny in this. In fact, the only time where I laughed out loud was just an egregiously gory scene. That was the only time I was like, ha ha ha. Like, <laughs> that's kind Dave of said, ha, violence. Yes. <laughs> Dead. Uh, but yeah, so like, you know, this Renfield character, you know, he's kind of putting himself in these bad positions because he's, you know, doing these bad things and he gets, you know, entangled with this crime family. Now, this is where we get introduced to, you know, one of my favorite characters in the, in the movie. I think outside of Dracula, this is my favorite character and it's Ben Schwartz's character. So, yeah, basically he just, you know, he goes to this place to get people for Dracula and he kills a bunch of people. And in the process, you know, those people have stolen drugs from this crime family. And, you know, one of the people who saw him kill all these people is Ben Schwartz's character who went there to get his his drugs back or he hired someone to go get his drugs back, which that's one of the the lines that I thought was funny, too. Uh, ben Schwartz's character is sitting in the car while the henchman is inside and he's like, you know, just talking to somebody on the phone. He's like, well, he cuts people's tongue out with a hunting knife. You want to tell him his name is racist? Come on. <laughs> it's just like and I was just so glad that when we saw Ben Schwartz, he just immediately was a freaking goof. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? I would have been so disappointed if they try to actually make him be like a real tough guy. Yeah. 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 Instead of just be Ben Schwartz. <laughs> you know, uh, like, yeah, this is this is like just every character he plays is kind of like a version of Ralph. I was going to say Ralph, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. He's always been a Ralph he's, Macchio he's a brick, type. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Ralph um, Macchio type, you know, <laughs> Daniel son. Yeah. No, he uh, I, I liked uh, I, I like that as well. I think that his, his character works because they're like. Okay, he is a little Nepo baby. He's a Nepo baby that, you know, has all this power and all this evil, crazy shit, but he's actually not doing anything for it, and he's totally incapable, and it just worked. And especially, the even just the visual of seeing fucking Ben Schwartz with a bunch of tattoos was just funny. He's one of the most consistent comedic reliefs. He's one of the... the comedic parts of the movie that stays consistent throughout and actually works yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Cause like one of the, like the very next scene. So like the scene that he ends up trying to like run away, that's when we get introduced to Aquafina's character, her entire introduction. I was just like, take, you, you don't want to do a take two. Like Jesus Christ. Like her <laughs> acting was just dog shit. And not like absolutely nobody in that theater believed her as a police officer for a single second. Not, that's true. Not a single one of them. I don't even believe she loved her dad. And we'll get to that. Like, <laughs> that's how bad her acting is literally atrocious. I, I cannot believe that people want to see her in more things. It, it blows my mind. And and that's the thing. I haven't really even seen all the other stuff that she's in. I've seen her in interviews and I've seen her as like a, you know, social media personality, but never really like as an actress. And now I'm just like blown away that people want to put her in movies so bad because she's not really that good at acting. Um, but yeah, her we're introduced to her character where she's like, I'm a real tough cop. Uh, why am I on this beat shit? This sucks. Yeah, yeah, she's very tough. She's what four or five? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh my god, that was one of the most like, annoying parts of this movie. She just beats the shit out of a bunch of guys yeah. five times her size. She's like freaking four or five, like, and she also they do the thing in this movie too, where she's a complete dead eye shot, except oh, when yeah. it matters. Well, she got she was top of her class, top of her class. So she's like, boom, headshot, boom, headshot, boom, headshot. All right, there's the guy that you actually need to kill. Miss, 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 miss. Ah, damn it. 
Right. Uh, just stupid. Um, and not done in like a funny way. That's the thing. It's like you, if you're going to choose to be funny, you know, make it make it referential. Make it a you know joke. Yeah. And so, um, like, yeah, one of the first things that she does is she shoots a dude's fucking tire perfectly and then chases him and chases Ben Schwartz down mm-hmm. while he's throwing cocaine back at them, which was hilarious. Yeah. And then she like throws and he her, says, I have a prescription for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while holding bricks of cocaine. That. Yeah. I thought that was so that funny. That was so good. Yeah. And then like the very next scene is like him in, in custody and he's like, I'll, I'll fucking squeal on anybody. He's like, we killed three people last night. So there's that. Like, that's got to be worth something. Right. And he's like, and then like they pan out and, or pan out. Fuck. They zoom out. I know. Chaz, they, they zoom out. out. Of all the things that get us canceled. Of that? It's that, bro. Uh, so they zoom out and then you realize no one's in the interrogation room with him. And they're just like, yeah, he's just talking. No one's even gone in there with him. And then like the freaking lawyer comes again. He's like, yeah, I didn't say shit. So like, we're good. Yeah. But yeah, like that whole sequence was so funny now of course it's ridiculous right it's so do stupid it's like he tried to run over a cop and then threw cocaine at them and you know it's like yeah was it like and it, he gets off scot free he just gets off they, the lawyer just walks in and is like we're leaving and they just leave I'm like no and like I get that like a big part of this movie is like corrupt cops you know like everyone's corrupt or whatever but it's just like at the same time it's like do you like like this is in this is in Louisiana this is in the south do you really think that there's anyone more corrupt than the, just the police themselves. No, even if this guy had nothing on him, they would say, oh, yeah, he did. I fucking saw it. Yeah, we planned it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, saying, no yeah. way they don't have her back. Like, inverse, it was, yeah, yeah, it was so, like, stupid to me, I guess, that, yeah. like, right off the bat, the just cops don't thing, have yeah. each other's back. I'm like, no yeah, way. Yeah, it's just no a plot way. thing. And, and the, the whole cop uh, station and everything, too, felt very... Um, very small scale. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It, it, All the scenes in the actual precinct were very awkward to me. Yeah. We're Um, in a major city in, in in new Orleans, Louisiana, and there's 15 cops. Yeah. And it's just the size of like an office room. It reminded me of spiral, which is, makes me cringe. Um, but even like, because it was all dirty and rusty, but that's just, that's just new Orleans. True. And Brooklyn nine, nine has a larger scale than this. And just, you know, and that's a silly cop, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, I just hated all the precinct scenes is all I'm saying. And, um, I don't know, um, but here's what I here's what I do re- did really like, and to, and I'm curious to hear what you think on this, Taylor. Oh, <laughs> I loved the setting of where they're keeping Dracula, the hot, the abandoned hospital. I thought it was really creepy, not the exterior because that shit looks completely fake, but like the actual interior looked really creepy, and where they're keeping him very specifically with this weird throne with a bunch of blood bags behind him all injected into the seat and shit. I thought it looked so fucking cool and like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was badass. That when they showed like the setting of Dracula, that really like threw me into the movie because I was like, oh, this is what I came for. Right. Because that, yeah, that wall of blood bags was just awesome. I loved the way that looked. Um but yeah, no, y'all are right. Even someone that's just a casual moviegoer, the exposition about the cop was horrible. And on the one hand, I think they were trying to make it horrible, but it just came across as really bad. Oh, yeah, because we, we forgot to mention really the part bad. where the, the police chief's like, before your father died, who was one of the best cops we've ever had, <laughs> I told him that I would mentor you and you're acting nothing like him nothing right now. Like I him. know that these guys are the criminals who killed your dad and that's why you have a personal vendetta against him, but you can't be acting like this. 
Yeah. Right. And then her sister's like, you're not the only one who lost a dad. Her sister's in the FBI. Apparently the FBI is stationed at the same She's precinct. Like, yeah, which you're going to. Yeah. The FBI just hangs out. And, and at, the, at the and, yeah. New Orleans precinct. Oh, yeah. New Orleans yeah. PD. <laughs> I, wh- they don't actually. <laughs> it's maybe more sad that I didn't even take note of that. <laughs> right. And yeah, she's wearing a jacket. She says, FBI, that you could buy at a costume shop. But I, uh, <laughs> I yeah. think I think maybe yeah. the, maybe the line hear me out maybe the line at the end where she says you're not the only one who lost a dad maybe that is just so that the audience does not have to feel racist for assuming and knowing for sure that these two are sisters because <laughs> they're the only two Asian people in the precinct I'm yeah. just saying I'm just three saying. there's a picture of their dad on the wall <laughs> yeah dude chill all right Come there on, were three no. total. But now one of them's dead. At the end of the scene where they're talking about their dad or whatever, they do the bit where Aquafina like stomp, 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 stops and then turns her head and then stomp, stomp, stomp and then that stops and turns her head. For comment. It I was, didn't get that. I didn't get what's, what was happening. It was like she's supposed to be like childish, like like throwing a tantrum. And I was like, this has got to be something that she thinks is funny and no one else thinks yeah. it's funny. Again, I yeah, don't maybe think riffing. Yeah, I literally think it was. I was like, no way they wrote this in the script. There were, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised at how much they put in this movie. <laughs> I, I, there were a couple of line deliveries that she had that I actually did enjoy and that I liked. And it was when she was the most loud and obnoxious. Yeah. So I guess that's why, like, I don't know if I, like, hate her performance as much as I just hate the character she was given. Like, that's why true. Why did they I cast her as a look, fucking New Orleans cop? I just don't up. get it. I really liked this movie. Overall, I loved this movie. And y'all are going to be surprised by my rating. But uh, I there was no fucking point for any of this cop shit. There was no reason. It I was a waste true. of my time. It was boring. If I didn't care about it. If you take that out and you just make it about organized crime, it yeah, would be the same movie. Exactly. And they didn't lean into it enough to make it funny. Like, it wasn't the... I. I, it, I could tell that it was so bad that they were trying to make it so bad it's good, which is the level of horror movies David and I like the most. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. It was just fucking bad. Yeah, the only... There was no reason for the cops. As, as far as this like external plot, you could just have Renfield versus the crime family. Yeah, there is exactly. no need for the cops. Right. Exactly. I, I think the, the only thing that holds up is that him seeing her and her defiance Mm -hmm. and her always saying no to anything she's offered and taking the L and going, fuck it, kill me is what inspires him to like, Oh, you know what? Fuck Dracula. I want to be my own person. So that's the real thing that it holds. Um, but but it didn't have to be a cop at the same time. It could have been anybody. So yeah, yeah. It could have been one of the people in his support group or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the, uh, like, which again brings us to the next, next part of the movie, which is, you know, he, they have the scene at the restaurant, which I love the design, the set design of this restaurant. This was really cool. I was like, man, if this place actually existed, I would go there. Dude, I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, New Orleans, again, I don't, I'm not, I was like, New Orleans didn't have anything this cool looking. What the fuck? You know, it was like, Um, it was like Halloween themed and it had like, like they had like shows there. It's like, a place that you know the food is like not that good but it's probably yeah. like very expensive like hard uh, hard rock cafe-esque you know what i'm saying but at the same time it just looked fucking cool as shit anyway this is when the movie starts to get good this really is yeah because this is the scene that you see in the trailer where he's talking about like all the the different things that he wants because like just before this scene so you know you have all the cop stuff and then you have the scene with dracula and this was like again like he's supposed to be like you know torn apart essentially Right, yeah. I mean, the, this scene with, with Dracula <laughs> is one of the coolest scenes. I mean, you, like I said, we have this insane prosthetics. And this is kind of what Dana was talking about, too, where it's like, 
the movie isn't I, I I I think you were calling it bright where it's like this part of the movie is not bright but it's very colorful. It's like Which I love these colors are like that. they're very vibrant colors but yeah. they're not bright colors. Like the red is really deep and red and the greens the are really are really Yeah, blue. And, and, and like Halloween vibes is kind of what I was getting from this. So from the restaurant and from the layer, like that's what I'm getting like these Halloween like kind of, you know, spooky vibes. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, my, my tone, my comment of the, to- I agree. And I think that my comment of the tone, the color tone and stuff being very bright is mostly the daytime scenes. It's just very yeah. Yeah. saturated. But when, it, when we're in the dark, it does look really cool. Cause yeah, all the colors yeah. pop like crazy, especially the red, which is very important. Um, so yeah, I love, again, I just love the layer. I love the little layer they're in the layer. I love the layer layer. that they're in. It looks fucking badass. It looks super goth, super metal. I'm posting a picture because it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, but but yeah, yeah, I actually, I love the contrast on this to other vampire movies like, um, Twilight. It's very muted tones. It's very gray, like greens, blues. It's very, it's just muted tones. Um, the invitation, it was very dark. It was very blue the whole time. Uh, vampire diaries. It's just even tones there. They don't accentuate nothing, but this was very bright. Even, even in the dark scenes, it was very bright. You could, yeah, it was very artistic. It It was very artistic. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. They didn't just go dark, creepy corners. Exactly. They, They made it artistic. There were dark, creepy corners, but it was very colorful overall. Yeah. Now, the problem that I have with this restaurant scene is that this is one of the scenes that I was talking about that just every part of this action scene, which, you know, this is a big part of the trailer as well, where they're they're fighting is just like it was just obnoxious. It was obnoxious. There's a cut every literally point one second. And they break the 180 about 400 times in the scene. Half of the action is CGI and the other half of the action is practical. So they use a ton of motion blur to make it seem real, which makes my head hurt. And then the music was terrible. The music did not match the pacing at all. So it's like the coordination of the fight was cool. I liked the way that they did Renfield's fighting style and the way that he defeats enemies. And then the gore was really the best part of it. But in terms of the way that they composed the fight sequence as a scene was really poorly done. That just made it like, like I said, like just obnoxious. Like there's not a, and I understand, yeah, it's a fight scene, but it's like we, you know, we, we, you know, if you went and listened to the episode that we guest starred on watch skip plus, we talked about John wick and like the long takes of action sequences that they did in those movies. And I know those movies are, you know, much more higher quality cinema than, than this, this is, but still it's like, this is like worse than than, you know, Marvel movies in terms of just every single punch is another cut. And it's just like it, it, yeah. it became way too much. I agree. It's he- it was headache inducing. Um, I the, the music thing was make another thing in the movie to me that was very cringe. Like, oh, oh, he takes a bug, bites it. His eyes go yellow. And then you hear this. It's literally the shit we put in Brock Shadow. It's like, oh, this is the fight scene music. Like, dude, fucking get out of it. It's just so. It happened with every action fight scene. So, yeah, the music was terrible, but I know Taylor had a big issue with the end of this scene, which is the the two quote unquote love interests. All right, let me let me just start off by saying I thought the fighting was fine as a casual moviegoer. Um, 
it, it did not affect me at all. I, I didn't, I wasn't, and I have horrible eyesight, guys. Terrible eyesight. Y'all should see the thickness of my glasses. My head didn't hurt. The cuts weren't that bad. I don't even know what happens when you break the 180. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that affects the movie. <laughs> <laughs> why it's bad um and the music i daniel i'm sorry i don't notice the music all that much um i did notice it sometimes during like when they were in the I apartment later, bad too my hearing is horrible <laughs> too uh, it's from all those years of having loud uh three days grace in my ears when i was mad at my parents oh you want to do wwe <laughs> walkouts to three days grace <laughs> no i slammed dishes in the sink instead do you still listen to three days grace we did the other day okay good because it's never too late it's not, not too late. It's never, never too late. late. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, rap version of Never Too Late. Anyway. Three days um, grace. I, I, three days. <laughs> I played the song, uh, I Hate Everything About You. You know that song? I said, Dude, yeah. I said if car. you did not listen to this song and slam your door shut after being sent to your room, you were not white. Kyle Energy. Kyle Energy. Yeah, I just, uh, those aren't things I noticed. Now, I did notice the music a couple of times, uh, like in the apartment. They were playing music for no reason while they were talking. When she, he tells her about being uh, familiar. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, I noticed the music then, but with regards to the fight scenes, I didn't think they were bad, and I thought they were really fun and badass, and I love the amount of gore. Now, this scene ends where they're like, staring in each other's eyes and like you were really good back there and then the scene the scene from the trailer comes in like did i see you cut a guy's arms off with a decorative serving platter and he's like yeah adrenaline and it's just I which is not what he says in the trailer in the trailer he says it's all in the flick of the wrist Look at the flick of the wrist. Cut, hey, look at the flick of the wrist. <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> um, but I just didn't. And then they do it again a few minutes later when he goes to the police station. Um, oh, and he brings the and flowers. And he brings the flowers and they're like looking in each other's eyes. I just, I did not get love interest vibes. I thought it was just awkward. I thought they were just, they didn't know how to act around each other, which they don't. They have no chemistry. But during this scene, the only reason that this fight even starts is because the the police officer is only in this club or this restaurant or whatever because they found a pen on the ground near where Renfield killed some bad guys for Dracula. And they followed it here. But then Ben Schwartz being or not Ben Schwartz. What's his name? Ben Schwartz. Teddy Lobo. Teddy Lobo, the drug lord's so Lo- son. Lo- <laughs> so Lobo comes and he's coming to kill um, Renfield because Renfield killed his guys. Um, so then that's why the whole fight breaks out. But then during this scene, she calls him a hero. And that's when this whole movie sets off because Renfield wants to be a good guy. Yeah, this is kind of the inciting incident. This even is though the it's inciting like, incident. Yeah, but it, it kind of launches the, the second act of this movie where, yeah, like to Daniel's point earlier, he sees her stand up for himself. So he decides to stand up for himself. But then at the same time, like while he is like, fuck this, I'm going to go do what I want to do. He starts like wearing different. So he's taking advice from 
uh, the people in his support group. So he goes and he gets his own apartment and he gets, uh, you know, new clothes and all this different stuff. And he's very trying to colorful. live normal. Yeah, very colorful and bright and modern and blah, blah, blah. Even though his shit still didn't look modern or, you know, like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he just wanted the, give him a the supreme entire sweater if you want opposite <laughs> of Dracula. Because, again, we talked about Dracula's lair. It's it's dirty. It's gory. It, there's blood everywhere. There's blood bags on the wall. It's dark. It's dingy. Yeah. You know, it did, he wants it, colorful and clean. Yeah. And it did remind me of of what we do in the shadows as well. That, that Yeah. Layer. Um, but yeah, it's like the while he's doing all of this, the, you know, crime family organization who, you know, they're already mad at Ben Schwartz's character because he didn't take care of this cop who arrested him. And now they're like, OK, well, who's this fucking other guy who's been killing all of our men and then they get like a hacker guy who's like yeah we've hacked into every satellite and everything <laughs> in the world and we can see where everything he does and where he goes did, did you feel like this was kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit it had to be especially I, I i as soon as uh teddy lobo or, you know ben schwartz as soon as he said all right all right now enhance like i was like okay that's <laughs> He's got to be. That's got to be. What happens is that, you know, the character, the the crime lord, Ben Schwartz's character, um, finds that Renfield is in, you know, he sees through the security cameras and the hacking that he's in this uh, hospital, whatever, which is where Dracula is. So they go there to go fuck him up. And this is actually one of the few moments where I feel like Dracula actually feels as scary as he should. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the rest of the movie, I don't like, I don't know. I guess I just don't feel it as much. But this is like. I don't know, like there, there's moments later in the movie where I'm not as afraid for the characters in the scene as I was for these characters in this scene. Like, uh-huh. uh, because he's trying to do some, like he's trying to do things too political, which kind of is Dracula's thing. Like if you ever watched the Dracula series on, on or Castlevania is what's called. Uh, if you ever watch like Castlevania, like, you know, that show is like all about the politics of Dracula and the war that he tries to start in the army and blah, blah, blah. So like, that's all like seemingly canon and seems to be like, consistent um but like this scene is just like yeah like you have the most apex predator on the planet the fucking dracula you know and uh these guys are just like yeah we're gonna walk in there we're gonna fuck this guy up so they have no idea what's gonna go what's going on and this was the only time where i really felt like really scared for the characters involved and i felt like dracula really like showed his power well i guess later in the movie too during the I the think, meeting scene too. Yeah, but that's yeah. the one that I, that think, I was like, oh, he's a fucking savage. I think this is the first time because he's actually like kind of healed up now. You know, the whole first act of the movie, he is, he's nothing. This is right after the attack from the hunters, right. the Dracula hunters. So yeah, this is the first time we see him like actually do something because he's now able to do something. Yeah. And so basically he just like very quickly takes out all of the guys. Like and then, you know, he's talking to Ben Schwartz's character and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm part of a, a crime organization. And he's like, that sounds interesting. He's like, why are you here? He's like, because of Renfield, blah, blah, blah. And then Dracula's like, oh, OK, interesting. So nice to know that, you know, Renfield's out there, you know, fucking around, not doing what he's supposed to be doing, blah, blah, blah. I loved I and I really want to get your opinion on this too, Taylor. I loved the swarm of bats decision instead of singular bat. I fucking loved that. I loved it. I thought, why would you? Why would you turn into one singular bat? That's like a whole bat? vampire thing. Bat. And look, most vampire things that I consume, <laughs> they do not turn into bats. And actually, what we do in the shadows is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Like, rating wise, it's definitely in my top ten. Um, That's fair. And I like that they turn into bats. 
But, um, you know, like n- none of the other vampire shit I consume, they turn into bats. Well, yeah, his his power is, is you know, not OP. quite on full display on this scene, but it very much is like it's as good. the setup was just very creepy and you just knew these guys were fucked like whatever. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, he turns home, into home dozens turf. of bats and it's awesome. Yeah, home court and then though. we home get to, advantage. you know, the scene that Daniel was mentioning earlier, which is. Renfield comes home and Dracula uh-huh. is there. And this is like when you talk about the story being about their relationship and like putting it into the modern setting of what our expectations of a relationship are like this was the best scene like like in regards to that aspect of this movie. Yeah, it's a, and it's just a tour de force from fucking Nick Cage in this <laughs> scene. And, and I think Nicholas Holt did well, too, because he's just this scared little puppy and as he is it's just so it's just so great too that this is after that scene so you've seen dracula just absolutely fucking annihilate people not at full power then speak to teddy lobo and teddy lobo's like oh i'm fucking evil and he's like wait you're evil hit, hit me up dude so it's like <laughs> you he just you you see him really lean into i am so fucking pure evil and i only support the worst people um so seeing having all that happen and hearing all that. And then all of a sudden he's sitting in your apartment. And then of course this very comedic shot of him sitting in the apartment and then the camera pans down and, or tilts down, tilts, 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 the camera pans down and you, and you see the, a welcome mat that says, welcome, come on in. It's like, that's, that was a great joke. But it's just it's he has so to be invited in like he's very yes, traditional yeah. vampire. So, so yeah. well, that's all vampires. That's very consistent across any vampire. Let the right lore. one in. Oh, I know a vampire thing too, motherfucker. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. You know nothing. Anyway, but, no, no vampire except Twilight vampires can be let in without being say, "Hey, come on in." But yeah, it was just like I, I love this scene because it, there is this weird fear instilled in you, uh, and especially for the character. And but like you said, it's just this very it's like you've been caught cheating type yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. It, like the, literally this monologue from Nicolas Cage is gaslighting. Like it is it is like gaslighting one one is gaslighting one one. It's like, man, if you take the most evil person of all time, Dracula, and he's evil because he's a murderer and a you know psychopath. And then you add that aspect. It's like, yeah, he would be the best gaslighter ever because that's fucking evil shit. And it's like, yeah, of course he'd be good at it. And he's like literally telling Renfield, he's like, he's like, oh, you think that. I made you come. No, you came to me on your own and you're the one who made all the decisions. And I just, this is how I have to live. And you're the one who's actually killing people and bringing them to me. And so really you're the monster and I'm just a normal guy trying to live my normal life. And you're being, you're actually, you're actually doing me wrong because you're not doing what I'm asking you to do and and going and killing people and bringing them to me. So why is it that I'm in trouble here? Like, yeah. like, and he tell, oh, you left your wife and your daughter. You left them. Like, so you're, you're a piece the monster. Of shit. Like I'm, I'm a victim. Like I have to live like this. I, and I, my favorite acting in this too. Like my favorite acting is not him talking. It's while it's while Renfield is talking, and the way that it, Nicolas Cage uses his eyes and his eyebrows, his facial like expressions during his talking is so unbelievably condescending like it, it's so it's the, i'm waiting to talk it's yeah, like it's like that it's face. just he's just like well i'm i'm and or even like when he's just like i i deserve love and i'm standing up for myself and he just starts laughing he's just like 
<laughs> okay, sure. And he's just like this very wide eyed, just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That's just, he, he's he's doing all that without saying a word. Yeah, and it's just so good. I was that's this scene was like I was geeking out about the and acting. This in is scene. like they take. Mm-hmm. This is the least amount of prosthetics that you know he has for the rest of the movie. Like he mm-hmm. kind of stays like. Yes, yeah, so you can actually and see. So yeah, he yeah. gets to do a lot more facial acting with this. Yeah, because that's um, the thing too is like his speech is always inhibited because of the thing in his mouth. Right. So that, and and that's the thing too. Like I was impressed by that that I, he was able to kind of get past Speak that hurdle so clearly yeah and yeah. like still give a performance uh, through his dialogue but yeah i just yeah, yeah this scene was this scene was and then, the best scene in the movie yeah and then by the end of the scene it goes from like gaslighting and your typical bad relationship to oh yeah this is dracula because he's like i'm gonna find everyone you've ever cared about and everything you've ever loved and fucking kill it and then he you know leaves and so yeah you you kind of get into this like you know third act area where Aquafina's character, the, you know, the police person is, you know, still investigating this crime. And, you know, she kind of realizes like she's putting two and two together that Renfield is the person who's making these people go missing. Um, and then, you know, Dracula finds the uh, on the back of his book that he's trying to use in order to teach himself how to stand up to Dracula. Dracula finds, you know, the name of the the church that he's been going to for these support groups at the somewhat same time that Aquafina, you know, finds, you know, puts two and two together. And she finds this place, too, because the people who went missing, who stole the drugs other earlier were all boyfriends of people from the support group. So this is where you kind of get that moment from the trailer. Again, I know I keep bringing the trailer, up, but it's just like it, we saw it a bunch of times and it was really, really you know popular when it, the trailer released because of Nicolas Cage. And um, but, yeah, this is like. Like, you know, he goes there and he's trying to tell everybody like Renfield goes to the church and he's trying to tell everyone, like, you got to get out, whatever. And this is the moment that, you know, yeah, and I wish like I remember this when I was talking about this earlier. This actually is really when you see the true horror of Dracula and like why he is so fucking terrifying, um, because in the last scene when he's taking out all the guys, he just kind of takes them out one by one and they just disappear. Yeah, this is way worse. This is way worse. And I and it's because it's happening to innocent people instead of yeah. criminals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is the the like most like like I liked the way this was shot better than any other action sequence in the movie. And I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. This, the, the way they do this, this, this scene is. After Dracula's whole monologue about I am Dracula or whatever, he, uh, Ren, Renfield tries to stop him and he hits Renfield away and they do a super slow motion shot of Renfield flying through the air and like as he was as he was hit. And as he's flying through the air, they're cutting back to Dracula just mercilessly slaughtering all of the people in this room. And so, like, the way that they do the timing and the pacing and the shot composition is to imply that within the time it took Renfield to fall to the ground, Dracula has already slit everyone's throats and ripped their guts out and just fucking massacred them and just started drinking their blood and shit. So it's just like, that's how scary he is. That's how you know uh like no hesitation it's like because we always talk and there's also moments in this movie with the hesitation bullshit which is so annoying Uh, yeah and we'll talk about that but it's like that's what you want to see like when you have a villain like dracula that's what i want to see i want to see by the time he hits the ground he's already fucking killed everyone like that's how merciless and how you know no hesitation he needs to be and that's when the cop walks in and renfield gets arrested caught red-handed Red-handed, literally, he had blood all over his hands. He's literally red-handed. Yeah, and he's crying, and 
Like a little bitch. Like a little bitch. Like he hasn't killed. And this leads to some dumbass scene where uh, the she's like, "Hey, call it in, buddy. Call it in. We got we got this guy." Who Did you call murdered. it in? And then he's like, "All right." And then he runs away. Yeah. For some reason. She's like, "Did you call it in?" He's like, "Yeah." Boom! A bunch of fucking cops show up, and the crime family the crime shows up. And she's now, so we have confused. Not, we have not mentioned that the the mom is the leader of this crime family, right? And she has one of the <laughs> deepest, raspiest voices I've ever heard chocolate. in my life. Me and she's, yeah, she's <laughs> dude. She's worse than the chocolate. She's worse she's, than the She's true. worse than the case manager. Chocolate. Yeah, she's worse than than the the case manager in fucking. Uh, and Beetlejuice, like, like she's worse than, like, and what's funny is that when they introduce her character, they, like, show this shot of her as if it's, like, a fucking sitcom and we're all supposed to wait for the applause because, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you, like, you're on fucking Full House and they do an episode with Roseanne on it or whatever. And it's yeah. like, everyone applauds. It goes crazy. It's like, that's how they kind of show her. And I was like, am I supposed to know who this bitch is? Like, I don't fuck, I don't recognize her at all. And then, like, she's like, you're supposed to say. With a very her mouth <laughs> is massive. Yeah, too. she's her like mouth is tons huge. of plastic surgery, yeah. just like fucking, like she sounds like fucking dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what he sounds like. Not even, imagine, dude. but that's, that's what, what she sounds. But no, like. yeah, uh, uh, there was a point in the movie where I just literally like she's doing some kind of monologue, and I just turned over to dinner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could fucking hear. You know? <laughs> So yeah, so basically Chocolate. what you find out It's an ambush. Like, it's it's an, an ambush. ambush. Yeah. What you find out is that everyone in the entire police department is, is, is corrupt. <laughs> even her partner, and even the police Kevin. chief. Anyways, so <laughs> at this point, you know, Aquafina's character gets in her police car and shoots at them and runs away and no one shoots her tire, even though everyone's shooting at her. You know, Renfield doesn't get shot, whatever. So then you get this scene again. This is in the trailer. And this is the scene that has my least favorite line in the movie, which is the you just you get, you know, the bad guy post, Postmates um, scene. So this is like, again, like this is like kind of the beginning of act three where by this point and you guys you know tell me if you a felt very awkward start to yeah mm. like and tell me if you guys felt the same way like by this point we all know that the rest of this movie is going to be renfield has to defeat dracula it felt yes. like an super obvious right and then this scene where he had he's with aquafina at the fucking apartment and he's explaining everything to her again I'm just like, why are we? Didn't you do this over voiceover? Like, and, yeah, yeah. and here's how bad the voiceover is. Like, we haven't been talking about it. The voiceover has not stopped at this point in the movie. Yeah, they no, have no. still been doing voice. They do a voiceover when during the fight scene in the the restaurant where Renfield's about to walk out and he sees guys coming. He's like, what are they doing here? Yeah, yeah. As a voiceover. And then there's a later scene where Aquafina <laughs> is like, you know, trying to investigate and they have a voiceover of Aquafina going, there's got to be some clues I can connect here. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? It's so like they've been doing this the whole movie and they continue doing this. And there's moments in this scene where he's like, I have to come to full power. I have to defeat Dracula. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. But yeah, and this, yeah this, this is such an awkward start to act three because it just seems like the middle of the movie but it's like damn it's already about to be over like why are we just now getting here that's why it feels like a weird awkward slog awkward fina awkward fina that makes more <laughs> sense that actually makes more sense with her personality in general 
But That's yeah, all it, I think of her. Basically, yeah. So she's finding all this out. She sent uh, DNA of Renfield to her sister to test as, as well. So her sister knows that something's going on and they agree to meet each other at this restaurant. So after they you know, have this little moment in the apartment together, they realize that everyone is going to be coming from them. All of the bad guys, all of the cops, whatever. And then they have one, you know, not even one of the best action sequence in the entire movie. This time, the pacing is way better, way, way better. And, you know, and again, this is where kind of Daniel was complaining, like, you know, Aquafina's character is just a dead eye fucking doming people in every single shot. But, yeah, this is like, you know, Renfield gets really, really it gets just super gory. Like he like fucking smashes people's heads and he's ripping their arms off and throwing it. It's like, gets like moral combat levels of gore. And then, like I said, like it, this reminded me of, of saints row. Cause like in saints row three, there's a cheat where every time someone dies, they explode into a pile of, 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 of like of gore or whatever, you know, just like a, whatever. And he like does that to somebody at the end of the, the scene. He just like fucking smashes a dude. And he just explodes everywhere. Um, but yeah, like, like this one, like that was the best, it's kind of like disappointing because it's not the climax in the movie, but it is the best action sequence in the movie. But yeah, and then this kind of leads to them, you know, going to the restaurant um, that they plan to meet Aquafina's sister at. And what like what's driving me crazy about this scene is that, you know, they have this scene in the apartment where they're still doing more exposition, have this crazy fight sequence. And then they go sit down at this fucking restaurant and they're doing more exposition. He sits there and he talks to her about like his family and how he met Dracula and how he started doing this and like where it's like I'm like are we seriously fucking 50 minutes into this hour and 33 minute movie and we're still doing exposition we're still like talking about the main character and and his motivations like like what the fuck is this anyways and then this is you know where you also get the monologue from the the mom who's like (laughs) yeah which I missed entirely yeah and what she's trying to say is I have your sister yeah and she gives her a whole <laughs> yeah. fucking monologue. Oh, yeah. You know what? Y'all should y'all should be proud of David, you uh, listeners out there. David didn't go to the bathroom once, but I did. Anyways. Anyway, I missed the monologue, so I have no idea what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's just the woman's voice is fucking god-awful. I cannot Thank stand god it. Thank god I missed it. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Anytime she's on the scene, I, or on the screen, I was just like, oh, I do it's not intense. fucking it's care. I yeah, she, care. She has a homegirl's sister held hostage. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. She's like, come That's and get me, thing. bitch. And they're like, okay, let's do it. And so they prepare, yeah. and they get ready to go. And then what's funny about this scene is when they're preparing, they're like, okay, we need steaks. We need garlic. We need holy water. We need all the shit. And then they don't use any of that shit for the rest of the movie. They don't use it on Dracula at all. I've never understood it's, the garlic thing. I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's some kind of thing about it, you know. But anyways, point is, is that they, I'm going to jump through the rest of this movie because the rest of it is very, very long bland. And it's just one long fight scene. They go to where Dracula is. And they, you know, every like henchman in the gang has now been given the same powers that Renfield has, which yeah. is they eat a fucking bug and become Dracula's partnered with the drug lords. Yeah, he's partnering with the drug lords because he wants to take over the world. So yeah. um, he wants an army. And so, yeah, they they whole big fight scene at the very end. Aquafina tricks Dracula into thinking she's going to join him. And then she opens all of the shades and he starts burning and blah, blah, blah. And then Renfield has to like, I am who I, you know, I am. You know the good guy. I am good. I'm. I am full power, and he fights Dracula and fist fights him, and he you know does pretty well. He beats him pretty badly, but you know of course Dracula is even stronger. So then the only way that they can trap him is by trapping him in a protection circle. Circle, which you see from Call the back. 
um, yeah, the the very first scene in the movie, the way that the um, hunters. hunters are able to trap Dracula's in this you know circle, and they're able to do that to him. And then you know they have like this comedy moment where they completely destroy him. Yeah, they put him into like a little ice cube tray and oh, they chopped him up, mixed him with concrete. Yeah, they poured the concrete into the ice ice cube yeah. with holy water and uh, garlic and garlic. Yeah. And then they use the Dracula's blood, which can heal people, to bring all the people from the support group back to life, which that was a And her sister. 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 Fucking bitch. And popcorn. Yeah, her sister, who they also have no chemistry with, by the way. Yeah. That was Renfield. You know, this movie was really, really enjoyable. Um, it, it has some really, really big flaws, like some flaws that are egregious at times. And yeah, the movie was made by some people who were not very serious filmmakers. You know, it's one of the writers from Rick and Morty and then the director of the Lego movies and who also made the Tomorrow War. So it's like, yeah, you know, you don't go into this movie expecting a cinematic masterpiece. But I will say that I had more fun watching this movie than some other movies. And like, I, I, like, I think the reason why I keep thinking about Cocaine Bear with this movie is that. It Same was vein. it was just another movie that was like really gory, you know, and and that was like it's like comedy mixed with ag- aggressive uh, action, um, and so I think this one, in terms of those aspects, did them better. I thought it was a little bit funnier than than cocaine Be- cocaine bear was, and the gore and the fighting was better than cocaine bear was. So, you know, from those perspectives, I thought it was really good. I my favorite part of this movie, I, I'm actually going to say that my favorite part of this movie is, is Ben Schwartz. And I know that at the beginning, we all agreed that, like, you know, Nicolas Cage was the best part, like the best actor. But I just loved Ben Schwartz's character, I think, because of what you said earlier, Dan. I think you just summed up perfectly. Like his comedic relief is the most consistently landed comedy in the whole movie where I think that he made the movie more enjoyable when he was on screen. And then my least favorite part of this movie is the voiceover. Get rid of all of the voice, all of it. Every single fucking instance of voiceover, get rid of it. And don't ever make a movie like that ever again. If you find yourself typing VO, just fucking stop. Stop, get up, walk away, figure some shit out, and then come back. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel, what's your favorite and least favorite part to this movie? Easy. My favorite part of the movie was Nicolas Cage. He was fantastic. And absolute, you know, just all charisma and really bought into the part. And yeah, every time he was on screen, it was the best. And he was hyped up for the movie. And I think he delivered on what on the hype. Yeah, that's what's funny is like I every time I saw the trailer before seeing these other movies for the pod, he would get revealed and someone, at least one person in the audience would go, ha ha. <laughs> Nick Cage. So I th- I wasn't even coming into this going, oh, I can't wait. Like, I was just like, yeah. oh, God. But it, he was fantastic. I loved him in this. Uh, least favorite part of the movie, it's hard not to say Aquafina. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, honestly, it, it, it's really not. It's, it's you know, her character sucks and uh, whatever. She was never going to be a good cop in New Orleans. It doesn't matter who made the movie or anything or how she acted. It doesn't matter. But um, I think Dave's point of the voiceover, just the whole, just the whole over explanation of everything is the worst part of the movie. It's just really spoon fed, over analyzed, over explained. We go into the entire history of Renfield off of a, a fucking lob, a little assist from a 
you're probably wondering how I got in this situation. Well, we're going to have to re- rewind a little bit. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That's insulting. That, that shit. I, yeah, no. Especially coming from, a, you know, writer from Rick and Morty, which used to make fun of shit like that. Like, I don't know. It's so weird to me. Like, dude, Ryan Ridley was the voice of the character in Rick and Morty who was, like, making them read his screenplay. Right. Like, that's the, that. Like, and then you do this. Whatever. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, that. That. <laughs> Random question. Okay. I want to hear from Taylor first. Um, favorite part of the movie, least favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, similarly to how I feel, felt about The Whale. Was I on that episode? I don't think I was. No. No. But it's okay. You, you did go see it with us. I wasn't on The Whale. I fucking love The Whale. Uh, for me, it was a 10 out of 10 movie. I'm sorry. It was. It was one of the best movies I have ever seen, personally. Um, my favorite part of that movie was Brendan Fraser's performance, and it was the same thing here. Nicolas Cage was my absolute favorite part of this movie. He did amazing. He really, yeah, he bought into the character. He was excited to play this character. If, if the vampire, there is only one vampire in this goddamn movie, okay? Look, I've seen all of the Twilight movies, and in the first Twilight it's all vampires, but there are three vampires, and one of those vampires has a dog shit fucking performance, okay? There's three evil vampires, dog shit performance. And that really took me out of the first Twilight movie, and that's one of the best Twilight movies. Greatest soundtrack. Anyway. Um, but this movie, yeah, if Dracula was not done well, this would have been a horrible fucking movie, but I loved this movie. My least favorite part of this movie was the backstory to the outside characters outside of Renfield and Dracula. I I could give a shit. This movie is called Renfield. I, I don't fucking care that your daddy died, and I don't care that you built this drug cartel business from the ground up. Why do I care about that? Get your smoker ass off my screen, quit talking, and you shut up about your daddy issues, okay? I'm done. That's it. That's my least favorite part of this movie. For me, I'm going to say this movie is a solid 5 out of 10. Um, I think if you remove the VO, I'd probably move it up to 6 just in terms of pure enjoyment. Um, but, yeah, I think 5 out of 10, I'm, I'm comfortable with that right now. I would give this a 4.7 out of 10. Taylor, what's your rating? A 6 out of 10. Well, there you have it, folks. Now, we are going to go into the second part of the pod where we're going to go online and look up some trivia for the movie. And we're also going to see what other people are saying about it. And we will be right back. You know, we always do, we always do trivia, we always do trivia for the movies in part two, but here's some trivia for the Wild Dream fans. Here's some Wild Dream trivia. Uh, All of our fade outs are manually done by Dave live while recording. So I have a couple of trivia pieces that I want to talk about. And then Daniel has some stuff from the Reddit and then Taylor has some stuff like research that she's done about, you know, this movie and this character in general. Um, So obviously I think this is something that like a lot of people already knew, but Nicolas Cage is kind of known for not accepting any roles in which he's not the main character of the movie, but he accepted this one because he, you know, really, really wanted to play Dracula. And it's like a lot of the trivia is kind of surrounded around this like concept of 
Nicolas Cage in Dracula. Like he has these three characters that he's always wanted to play. And one of them was Dracula. And there's been a handful of different projects that he's done where he almost got to play him. And he was a big fan of, of Christopher Lee. This was a movie that he was extremely excited to do. And I was actually like pleasantly surprised to find out that even though he's a big fan of the original Dracula and he really, really wanted to play this character, that he loved the comedy aspects of it. And I think that that really shows like in, in the movie. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention was that um, the uh, the writer for this movie, uh, Ryan Ridley, uh, he wanted the movie to uh, take place immediately after the events of uh, the Dracula from, I think, 1992 is what it said. Um, and so, like, he wanted, like, the, it to be clear, like, in the beginning of the movie. He even wanted the trailer and the poster to, like, indicate that this movie take, takes place right after that. But they just weren't able to to make it, like, put it together. I, I just thought that was cool. So I was like, man, that would have been really cool if they could have pulled that off. Because I think it would have been even nicer, like, it, like if they were to find a way where it's not just a straight modern, you know, movie. Um, but then, like, you know, it would, like, actually, like, encourage people to go watch those original movies and stuff like that. So, um, but I guess at the same time, I'm kind of glad it didn't pan out because then I'd be really fucking confused. <laughs> and that's all I had. Um, actually, to piggyback off that, uh, as somebody who's consumed a lot of vampire stuff, I have no interest in watching the original Dracula, and I never have. So Renfield, this is in Bram Stoker's Dracula. This is a novel. Okay, this is a book. Uh, Renfield. I'm not a novelist. Thank you, Taylor. It's, a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's for people that she don't says, know what the word says, novel means. This is means. a novel. Just glaze over my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Is 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 calling is calling a book a novel like calling a movie a film? Yes. Honestly, yeah. Well, no, because well, the book that's a novel is a narrative. Over there, right? I have books. Over there, I have books. But over there, I have uh, short stories, and over there, I have novels. This is great podcast. What's <laughs> a, over, over here? Over here. For the so <laughs> novel is just a, it's for the listeners. She's pointing at books. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's a novella? It's a book in Spanish. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think it literally is. That was kind of obvious. A novel's just a chapter book. That's all. Of course, Taylor's white ass was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm freaking out. What is a novella? So what was your trivia? Anyway, sorry. Y'all really... uh, Sorry. (laughs) Renfield was a patient in Dr. Seward's sanitarium with a penchant for devouring living things such as insects, spiders, birds, and rats. So Renfield believed that he stayed alive and eating bugs would grant him a long life. That's where the bug eating comes from. While Dr. Seward thought he was nothing more than a crazy man, it would later in the book and then later a movie be revealed that he was a subject for Dracula and Dracula would talk to him while he was in his cell. Oh, so yeah, it's like the mind... You know, yeah. the mind thing, the Professor X thing that he does. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's cool to, to so, know that that was real. I did read a trivia fact that was just saying that there is like an actual disorder um, that yeah. somebody can have, a, a psychiatric disorder called Renfield disease or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. they will want to drink blood and eat insects. Yeah. And oh, the, that sounds horrible. That would be fucking disgusting. It's called what? <laughs> Renfield disease? Renfield disease? That's great. I mean, that's good for people who like need to have that categorization to explain their bad behaviors. Not mm-hmm. me personally. I'm just saying for people to have that. That's really insane. That, that that's a, uh, Daniel you said has a jar blood, of crickets next to rats and blood and stuff. 
So the reason Renfield wants to be Dracula's uh, familiar, familiar, (laughs) which is like most familiars, is he wants to be given eternal life. Um, But later in that book, Dracula wants to give eternal life to his the love of his life, and Renfield gets jealous because then he finds out that Dracula was never going to give him eternal life. So Renfield kills the love of his life. Just like Guillermo. I'm about to say that's exactly like like Guillermo. Guillermo. I guess there's a bunch of historical facts in uh, what we do in the shadows, huh? All right, folks, we're going to start with this. So uh, fun fact, Nicolas Cage has already purchased his final resting place in New Orleans. It is a tomb in the shape of a pyramid. He's drowning. Uh, someone said for a while he also owned the infamous LaLaurie mansion in New Orleans as well. He must really love the macabre. And then someone said, I read somewhere that his lawyer or agent, I think, which what, what an internet way to spread a false thing. <laughs> yeah. Potentially false thing. Someone anyway. who knows him, I swear. <laughs> You're right. But no, someone said, I read somewhere that his lawyer or his agent, uh, I think, said once, he's a millionaire that spends money like a billionaire. Uh, someone said the dual wielded arms are the best unconventional weapon that I've seen since the dildos in everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. I would agree with that if it weren't for the fact that I've seen that in a ton of action stuff, ripping someone's arms off and using them as weapons. That's very common. Someone had mentioned that the surname of the crime family Lobo is a reference to a wolf. Cool. You, uh, look, we're learning, guys. This is what the after party's all about. Look, boom, I got it. Fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> someone said, if you like Nick Cage and gore, you're going to have a good time. Just ignore all of the Aquafina parts. It feels like she's in a completely different movie. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, yeah, and that's all I had. I, I do want to say, like uh, like Dave had said, this is, this is getting really bad reviews critically. Um, but everyone in the comments unanimously like had a lot of fun with it. Like some people were like, I really hope this doesn't end up like Dungeons and Dragons where it's like really good, but it doesn't get enough fucking ticket sales and blah, blah, blah. Like people really want it to do well. So it won't be. It won't. I mean, yeah, the, the timing of it was just terrible. I mean, this Mario movie is fucking blown up, dude. Facts. Yeah. We went, we went tonight to go see the movie. And we were, they put us in the fucking corner, tiny stall. Yeah. A little bit of we've never been. Never been in with yeah. a fucked up screen. And then, uh, yeah. in line and behind the, us was just a family with exactly, dozens like, of children. The fucking theater was crawling with kids. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. You can get involved in the conversation. Let us know what you thought about this movie. If you mm. want to go see it, let us know what you thought of this episode. We are at Wild Dream Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Twitter, man. God, we're and crazy. And please interact with us on socials. Hey, please. Up, also, you like things, but comment on things. Tell us what you think of the movies. Please. Rate me. Go go find my personal Instagram and just rate me. Just get, what, what am I out of 10? <laughs> Uh, I want to know. Rate us Don't on Apple Podcast. <laughs> um, if you leave a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. Uh, that's right. That's right. And that's all for this week. We will see you guys next time. Bye. think we should combine them we do cocaine dracula
And he's like, Drag- it's Dracula on cocaine. Wait, no. Wait, that would be Dracula fun. bear. A bear that's a vampire. That's even. Who's going to play him, the bear or Nick Cage? I was thinking O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> O'Shea Jackson, senior. <laughs>